Hey, everyone. I'm Abby Phillip, anchor and senior political correspondent here at CNN, in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, December 27th. Today, the Supreme Court ruled that it will allow the Trump-era immigration policy known as Title 42 to remain in place. So as a reminder, Title 42 is a public health measure that allows U.S. border agents to quickly turn away migrants from coming into the country illegally, citing the COVID-19 pandemic. Although many critics claim that the measure was done with political motivations. Now, there have been nearly 2.5 million expulsions at the U.S.-Mexico border under Title 42, mostly under the Biden administration. At first, the Biden administration defended keeping Title 42 in place because the pandemic was still in force. But then the administration said that the pandemic was easing and that it was no longer needed. In November, a federal judge ruled that Title 42 was illegal, saying the government hadn't proved that the measure needed to stay in place because of the pandemic. And as a result, it was supposed to end on December 21st. That was last week. But then a group of Republican states led by Arizona sued to keep the measure in place. Arizona's attorney general said last week that, quote, getting rid of Title 42 will recklessly and needlessly endanger more Americans and migrants by exacerbating the catastrophe that is occurring on our southern border. The Biden administration then asked the Supreme Court to reject the state's request, saying they weren't legally authorized to get involved. But and this point is important, it also asked the court to keep Title 42 in place until at least today, citing ongoing preparations for an influx of migrants and the holiday weekend. So Title 42 will remain in place. Officials say there are 22,000 people sleeping at various border towns in Mexico. And on the other side of the border, hundreds of migrants are crowding shelters and the streets of El Paso, Texas, women, children and men. A source tells CNN that Border Patrol agents are still encountering over 1,500 migrants every day. For some people who live in these border communities, they are saying that more needs to be done to protect the people who are trying to cross. David Stout, who is an El Paso County commissioner, says that aside from immigration reform, having an orderly and timely process for migrants is essential because the current process is really just pushing the problems elsewhere and making it a lot more dangerous. Right now you have CBP agents at the middle of the bridges downtown keeping people from stepping foot uh, into the United States to ask for asylum at the bridge which is pushing them to the outskirts or to scale the wall, to go across the river, to run across uh, busy highways, uh, which are all very dangerous. And I think there is something that could be done there to, to make sure that these people's lives are not put in danger as they're trying to come to this country. And for others near the border, the solution is simple. Keep people from crossing altogether. A Texas National Guard spokesperson told CNN that since last week, two miles of razor wire fencing had been put in along the border near the city of El Paso, and more is expected to be installed. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, in addition to at least two other Republican governors, have continued to respond by sending migrants to liberal areas. 
Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, along with Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, have all taken credit for busing or flying migrants to northern states this year. They say it's a protest at what they're claiming is inadequate border security, and the process continued even during the Christmas holiday. When most people spent Christmas Eve celebrating with their family or wrapping gifts, several busloads of migrants were dropped off in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's residence in Washington at the Naval Observatory. Abbott's office confirmed that he was responsible for sending those migrants there. And he also sent migrants to Harris's residence back in September. CNN's Rosa Flores is at the border. You know, the governor's office not only confirming that it was a Texas bus that dropped off those migrants uh, at the VP's residence, but uh, doubling down and and pointing the finger back at the White House, saying uh, that the White House is full of hypocrites. Let me read a a quote from the director of communications for Governor Greg Abbott's press office. Um, She says, quote, instead of the hypocritical complaints about Texas providing much need Needed relief to our overrun and overwhelmed border communities. President Biden and border czar Harris need to step up and do their jobs to secure the border, something they continue failing to do. The Biden administration continues to criticize the transport of migrants, but hasn't taken any legal action to stop the Republican governors. A White House spokesperson called the recent move cruel, dangerous, and a shameful stunt. And they said that Abbott, quote, abandoned children on the side of the road in below freezing temperatures on Christmas Eve without even coordinating with any federal or local authorities. Some migrants were seen wearing only T-shirts when the temperatures dropped below 20 degrees that day. A nonprofit called SAMU First Response was on the ground on Christmas Eve helping with those arrivals. The managing director, Tatiana Laborde, told CNN that transporting migrants could be a good thing if it was done better. Well, there's two ways to look at it, right? The way they're doing it is extremely inhumane, but it is a service to the migrants. A lot of them don't want to stay in Texas. A large majority keep wanting to go up north, so this gets them closer. So if it's done correctly, uh, it could really help ease the tensions at the border. A lot of these migrant groups have been basically taking it upon themselves to find out when these buses are coming and to go there and help those migrants even without any official coordination. And as I mentioned earlier, this isn't a new thing. These busloads of migrants have been arriving in D.C. since early April. Chicago, Philadelphia, and most notably New York have also received busloads by the thousands of migrants. Last week, the New York City mayor's office said nearly 33,000 asylum seekers have arrived in the city since the spring, and over 22,000 are currently in the city's care. Now, Mayor Eric Adams has repeatedly asked the federal government for aid. He says he'll be paying close attention to the Title 42 developments. Now, while all these political battles are playing out, about 1.6 million applicants are stuck in a backlog waiting for asylum. That is a record number of pending cases and was found by Syracuse University using federal data. Their research shows that immigration courts here in the U.S. have seen a more than sevenfold increase in asylum cases from the 2012 fiscal year. And also, nearly a third of these people are children, people who are under the age of 18. 
One of the reasons for this backlog is the sheer amount of time that it takes for these cases to be heard. The overall average for the country is almost four and a half years, but in places like Omaha, Nebraska, the court with the longest delay, the wait time averages nearly six years. So people waiting for their asylum cases to be adjudicated could be waiting for a very long time in the United States if their cases are heard at all. And that is it for today's political briefing. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.